0: on The Good Morning Breakfast Show. Now, let get up the phone, Dr. Duncan Carmichael. So, uh, doctor, according to research now, scientists believe that in the near future, people will be able to reach ages of 150 years plus. Do, do you think this is actually possible.
1: So we know that we can reach 120 years of age. I think the longest recorded human was Jean Calment, a French woman who lived to 122, died in the 1990s. So 120 is possible. To get to 150 is a big ask. Just to put into perspective, if we cured all cancer, we would extend life by an extra four years. So we're looking for an extra 30. So to get there, we need to understand what it is that causes aging. And we've had many theories over the years. And the latest is the theory which shows how much we damage our dna through life and that damaged dna leads to to aging to hair going gray then white to skin wrinkling and so to reverse aging we really need to find ways to prevent and reverse dna damage so that's the challenge that's what scientists around the world are working on and they're getting some answers it's quite exciting but we're not there yet
0: Okay, well, uh, this DNA you mentioned now, how how does something like DNA analysis actually work to help us be healthier and, well, in this instance live longer?
1: So with regard to DNA analysis, there's probably three things that are of interest with how DNA is analysed. So what scientists do is we would send off a saliva test or a swab of the inside of our cheek, which is similar to the COVID test. And from that, they would look at the cells. And on a basic gene test, they would look at the cells to look at the DNA that's in every single one of our cells, exactly the same. And we could then see, or we do see from that, what sort of risks we have for different cancers. So an obvious one might be the BRCA gene, which is the Angelina Jolie test. So she tested positive for that, and that's for breast cancer. And, and that's quite a serious one. But there's lots of lesser genes, uh, less expressed genes that we can test. And we can test for an Alzheimer's risk, for other cancer risks, and for how well our liver functions. And the point about doing those gene tests um, is not to get scared about any of the results, but rather to go, right, I've got a slight risk in this direction. I can make this change and, and I can... And do this lifestyle change to protect me from it. So, you do those gene tests to see what your weakness is and make the changes. The next type of gene test is quite interesting, and that's the biological age test. And so nowadays what we we can see is how our DNA ages and then what to do about it. So partially how our DNA ages is it almost becomes dirty. It has methyl groups that attach to the DNA, and the more our DNA methylates or has methyl groups attached, the older essentially the DNA is. And so we can do gene testing or biological age gene testing to see how old or young we are how much longer we have to live and again the idea is is that it's nothing to be scared of but we can do something about that and then lastly in the, in the future we'll do gene tests for longevity genes this can be done sort of in a university setting already but not commercially and so we'll look at things like sirtuin genes or foxo genes which are longevity genes and there's various things being developed now, that will switch those genes on in us if we don't have them. So the world of gene testing is quite exciting. It's got a long way to go, a long way to grow as well. So it's worth watching.
0: Dr. Duncan Carmichael, medical doctor and author of the book Younger for Longer. Now, uh, now doctor, seeing that, you know, the, the test has been done and the, the study has been concluded that people will reach the age of 150 plus, what should we then do if we want to live longer and of course, still look younger?
1: The first thing to do is we have to make sure we, we're getting good sleep. So seven to eight hours sleep a night, been shown time and time again to have a huge impact on us not getting Alzheimer's, not having heart attacks, and controlling our sugar. If we get four, five, six hours sleep a night, our sugar control and leaning towards diabetes can increase dramatically. So just a simple thing like sleep is probably the most powerful thing we can do and, and should do to get right. Then after that, probably the next most important in, in my book would be be stress and stress management. So, what I I tend to do for myself is I rate every day because how do you you know how do you manage stress? It's so difficult. The stress comes and we react to it. But if I check in with myself at the end of the every day and I say how good was that day? Was it a six, seven, eight out of ten kind of day, or was it a three, four, or five out of ten kind of day? And if I'm getting lots of bad scores, lots of three, fours, and fives, I know I'm doing something wrong and I, I need to make the change and and I need to improve that then we need to just check in on the toxins we're taking so i'm going to include sugar here as a toxin alcohol as a toxin and then smoking and other toxins and we're exposed to a huge amount of toxins nowadays whether it's plastics and, and, and pesticides insecticides metals mercury lead, stuff that we breathe in stuff that we we smear on us um, stuff that's in our food we really are exposed to a lot and there's different ways we can avoid toxins and then also remove toxins that's really important daily exercise so moving every single day you know as human beings we we are designed to move we're not designed to sit behind a desk all day long and things go wrong when we do that in fact there's a study showing that not moving and being behind a desk and a couch potato is as damaging as smoking so we really have to make the effort to, to do the exercise and just make it something small something interesting something fun a bit of exercise every single day and once that habit started it gets easier and easier to do and then the last activity thing that we should really start to embrace if we've got the top three right is fasting and there's different sides to fasting so we we've probably heard of 16:8 fast where you don't eat for 16 hours and you do eat for 8 hours so typically you might finish eating at about 7-8 o'clock at night and then eat the next day at 11-12 as your first meal you could have a coffee before that but you would only have a meal at 11 or 12 in the morning so that would be a typical way of doing a 16:8 fast and that has huge benefits that's been shown all the way back to the 1920s to increase longevity in rats um, to reduce cancer risk to reduce heart attack risk improve toxin removal super healthy thing to do and then there's more advanced fast that we could do i would keep it to those
0: points the good morning breakfast show with accident angels your life matters